Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode on Aminder. My name is Marcia and I will be your host for this episode. Today we have 16 papers all published in the month of February 2021 on the processes in and around the central dogma. Yes, that's right. We talk about changes to RNA transcription and translation all set in the Alzheimer's disease background. As you might know, dysregulation in transcription and translation has been implicated in several neurological disorders of which AD is one. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to Aminder, a podcast where we summarize the latest publications on Alzheimer's disease for you, so you can spend more time doing awesome research. For every month, you'll find a series of episodes by theme, and each comes with a bibliography. Whether you're in the lab, on the bus, or cooking your meal, we hope you find this podcast useful and accessible. The first theme for this episode is RNA and transcription. Some common terms you'll notice throughout this theme are gene expression, mRNA, microRNA and pathway enrichment. The first paper is titled Usefulness of Candidate mRNAs and microRNAs as Biomarkers for Mild Cognitive Impairment and Alzheimer's Disease. Quinn and Zhu are the first and last authors of this paper published in the Journal of Neuroscience. The researchers here studied three subject groups: mild cognitive impairment or MCI, Alzheimer's disease and a control group. They obtained mRNA and microRNA datasets from the Gene Expression Omnibus database and identified differentially expressed genes and microRNAs. They also performed clustering and interaction network analysis, pathway enrichment and phenotypic correlation analysis on the identified features. I won't get into the details of their results. You can learn more in the original abstract, but they found a total of 3000 differentially expressed genes and 817 differentially expressed microRNAs from the GEO datasets of which the most significant features were enriched in pathways like the ribosome they also particularly mentioned the genes cytohesin 4 and rpl11 and microRNAs 67343p and 67645p these features were differentially expressed in the mci and ad groups compared to the controls and the authors conclude that these features might act via the same ribosome pathway and contribute to neurodegeneration This next paper, paper number 2, also discusses the association between microRNA and mRNA and how it is implicated in the pathogenesis of Alzheimer's disease. This one is titled Identification of microRNA target gene pairs in the parietal and frontal lobes of the brain in patients with Alzheimer's disease using bioinformatic analysis. Lee and Zhu are the first and last authors of this paper published in Neurochemical Research. As the title suggests, here the scientists were interested in AD-specific differentially expressed genes that are targets of differentially expressed microRNAs. They first identified differentially expressed microRNAs and their corresponding target differentially expressed genes and performed functional annotation and enrichment analysis. They also constructed protein-protein interaction networks and identified hub genes and studied its expression profile in peripheral blood. As a side note, hub genes are those that have a high degree of intramodular connectivity. From their analysis, they found that the parietal lobe was enriched in microRNA-mRNA pairs involved in protein folding, and the frontal lobe was enriched in microRNA-mRNA pairs involved in synaptic transmission, abnormal protein degradation, and apoptosis. All of these analyses were performed using different bioinformatic tools, and if that's something you're interested in, be sure to check out the original manuscript. Going with the microRNA theme here, this is the next paper, paper number three, titled. Roles of microRNA 211 in a PC12 cell model of Alzheimer's disease by a regulation of NGN2. Liu and Yu are the first and last authors of this paper published in Experimental Physiology. 
The main objective of this study was to look at the mechanism of microRNA211 in an AD cell model. The researchers here transfected amyloid beta-treated PC12 cells with microRNA211 to evaluate its effects on cell viability, proliferation, and apoptosis. They found that microRNA211 was upregulated in the AD cell model. It targeted gene NUDOG2 or NGN2, reduced the activation of PI3K key signaling pathway, and inhibited proliferation and promoted apoptosis of the PC12 cells. Next up, we talk about a different type of RNA called circular RNA. Circular RNAs are basically single-stranded non-coding RNA which form a covalently closed continuous loop. Studies in the recent past have shown that circular RNAs play regulatory roles in neural functions and neurological disorders by influencing splicing, transcription, and epigenetic modifications. More on that in our next paper titled, CIRC-TULP4 functions in Alzheimer's disease pathogenesis by regulating its parental gene TULP4. This is paper number 4 and it was written by first author Ma and last author Zhang and was published in the journal Molecular Therapy. Here, the researchers explored the link between AD and circular RNAs. They studied circular RNAs in APPPS1 mice brain through deep RNA sequencing. They found that circular RNAs were differentially enriched in the brains of wild-type and APPPS1 mice. They particularly characterized the circular RNA CIRC-TULP4, which is derived from the intron of gene TULP4. They also indicated that this circular RNA interacts with U1-SNP RNP and RNA polymerase 2 to affect translation of the TULP4 gene, thereby modulating AD pathogenesis. The next three papers are a little bit different. We've got papers exploring the association between AD and aging, employing the techniques of transcriptomics. As you might already know, Alzheimer's disease most commonly affects older adults. So keeping that in mind, here is paper number 5 titled, Are the 50s the transition decade in choroid plexus aging? Tahira and Palha are the first and last authors of this paper, published in GeroScience. Here, the authors sequenced the choroid plexus transcriptomes in post-mortem samples of healthy individuals aged 50 through 80 years. Studies in the past have implicated altered transcriptomes in neurodegeneration. Here, they saw that the transcriptome changed in an age-dependent manner, with most changes happening early in the aging process. They were able to differentiate the 50s and the 60s transcriptomes based on neuronal membrane functions and the 50s from the 70s based on neuronal and axon development and extracellular structure organization. Here is paper number 6, another one on AD aging and the transcriptome. This paper is titled, Dysregulated Gene-Associated Biomarkers for Alzheimer's Disease and Aging. Lee and Wang are the first and last authors of this paper, published in Translational Neuroscience. The authors of this study were interested in exploring new biomarkers of AD and aging. They identified differentially expressed genes from expression profiles in the GEO database. These genes were further enriched using the GO and KEG pathway analysis. They found that 9 of the 24 genes showed regulatory changes in the blood of AD patients, and 2 of the 24 genes showed strong correlations with cognitive impairment as indicated by the Montreal Cognitive Assessment Scores. Studies conducted in AD and aged mice also identified the same differentially expressed genes in the blood and the hippocampus. Based on these results, they concluded that identifying these core biomarkers could aid in disease understanding and treatment. Up next is paper number 7. Here, we explore the significance of age in causing neuroinflammation. This paper is titled, Single Cell Immune Repertoire and Transcriptome Sequencing Reveals That Clonally Expanded and Transcriptomally Distinct Lymphocytes Populate the Aged Central Nervous System in Mice. Germanos and Reddy are the first and last authors of this paper, published in Proceedings B. 
In this study, the researchers are interested in the role of neuroinflammation in age-related disorders such as Alzheimer's disease. They characterized the B cell and T cell receptor reserves and gene expression profiles in the brain of young and old mice. They observed clonally expanded B and T cells in the aged male mice, and most of these B cells were of the IgM and IgD isotypes. When they added the gene expression data into the mix, they found that the T and B cells in older mice may have a role in neuroinflammation and aging. In the following paper, we talk about DNA methylation, a process by which gene expression is regulated in cells. DNA methylation occurs at the cytosine basis of eukaryotic DNA, which are converted to 5-methylcytosine by methyltransferase enzymes. Methylation appears to influence gene expression by affecting the interactions of chromatin proteins and specific transcription factors with DNA. This brings us to paper number 8, titled Promoter Methylation and Gene Expression of PIN1 Associated with the Risk of Alzheimer's Disease in Southern Chinese. Ma and Lam are the first and last authors of this paper, published in current Alzheimer's research. Here, the authors wanted to evaluate the correlation between gene expression and DNA methylation, specifically in PIN1, propylcis trans isomerase that has been associated with AD. So, they included 80 AD patients and 180 controls from a Chinese population, assessed their cognitive functions, and quantified their PIN1 gene expression and methylation. Overall, they found a positive correlation between methylation and gene expression of PIN1 and concluded that increased PIN1 levels might be protective in AD. In the next paper, paper number 9, the authors used transcriptomic analysis to describe a relatively uncommon risk factor, neuroticism. More on what that is can be found in our next paper, paper number 9 titled, Neuroticism alters the transcriptome of the frontal cortex to contribute to cognitive decline and onset of Alzheimer's disease. De Jagger and Ma are the first and last authors of this paper, published in Translational Psychiatry. When we talk about AD, we often discuss risk factors such as APOE and how it leads to accumulation of amyloid beta and phosphorylated tau. But there is relatively less research into the molecular mechanisms of other AD risk factors, but this number is definitely climbing. This particular paper focuses on one such risk factor, which is neuroticism. A little info about what neuroticism is. Neuroticism is a fundamental personality trait where such persons are more likely to experience intense feelings of anxiety, fear, anger, jealousy, guilt, etc. These individuals are also prone to distress and are associated with faster cognitive decline and greater AD risk. So here, they examined the transcriptome of post-mortem brains of over 450 subjects and they found that neuroticism has an overall significant effect. They also saw that it was more strongly associated with P-tau than with amyloid beta and that it can affect cognitive decline and AD through tau-related gene expression. We come to the last paper within this theme. This is paper number 10 titled Multimodal Single Cell Nucleus RNA Sequencing Data Analysis Uncovers Molecular Networks Between Disease-Associated Microglia and Astrocytes with Implications for Drug Repurposing in Alzheimer's Disease. Zhu and Cheng are the first and last authors of this paper published in Genome Research. In this study, the scientists wanted to identify molecular networks based on disease-associated microglia, DAMs, or disease-associated astrocytes, DAAs in Alzheimer's disease. They combined information from RNA sequencing, the metabolome, proteome, drug target networks, and a longitudinal patient database, both from transgenic mouse models and AD patient brains. From their results, they found several gene network regulators that were both common and unique between DAMs and DAAs. They also identified many immune pathways, including the TH17 cell differentiation and chemokine signaling pathways that were shared between the two. 
and from their metabolite network analysis, they saw that fatty acid and amino acids may be responsible for alterations between DAMs and DAAs. From their drug target network, they also saw that usage of fluticasone and mometasone, both glucocorticoid receptor agonists, were associated with reduced incidence of Alzheimer's disease. Hey listeners, I'm here to let you know A-Minder is recruiting. If you're interested in joining us, shoot us an email at aminderpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of the episode. This is a nice segue into our next theme, which is translation and proteomics. The first paper here, paper number 11, is titled Mouse model of Alzheimer's disease demonstrates differential effects of early disease pathology on various brain regions. Deng and Mirzai are the first and last authors of this paper published in the journal Proteomics. In this paper, the authors wanted to see how different regions of the brain were affected during AD progression. They profiled the proteomes of four distinct regions of the brain of young ABPPS1 mice and also performed pathway enrichment analysis. As you would expect, they observed that each region of the brain had a unique proteome and biochemical profile that informed on the early stages of Alzheimer's disease. The hope is that this data could be used in the future to understand AD progression from a pre-symptomatic to severe stage. Speaking of organisms used as AD models, the following paper explores the use of nematode C. elegans to model aspects of Alzheimer's disease. This is paper number 12 titled, Exploring the Conservation of Alzheimer's-Related Pathways Between Homo sapiens and C. elegans, a Network Alignment Approach. Apostolacu and Economidu are the first and last authors of this paper, published in the journal Science Reports. As I mentioned before, this paper explores the use of a neurodegenerative disease model in C. elegans, a commonly used proxy for humans in AD studies. Here, the researchers wanted to identify conserved biological AD pathways in humans and C. elegans. Protein-protein interaction networks were formed for APP and tau in humans and their orthologs APL1 and PTL1 in C. elegans. These networks were globally aligned to identify conserved regions and they found two major conserved pathways, APP processing and tau phosphorylation. Given that these pathways are very well studied in humans, when compared to C. elegans, they concluded that this warrants further investigation. In this study, however, they identified specific proteins that can be used to study the pathogenesis of AD. Up next is paper number 13 titled, Correction of ELF2 Dependent Defects in Brain Protein Synthesis, Synaptic Plasticity, and memory in mouse models of Alzheimer's disease. Oliveira and Ferreira are the first and last authors of this paper, published in Cell Signaling. The process of protein phosphorylation and dephosphorylation is dysregulated in several neurological diseases, including AD. Under stressful conditions, cellular protein kinases get activated, leading to the phosphorylation of eukaryotic translation initiation factor 2-alpha, which I'll refer to as ELF2-alpha for the rest of this summary, and the eventual reduction in mRNA translation. Postmortem AD brain samples observed by the authors also showed similar responses to cellular stress, that is, there was an increased ELF2-alpha phosphorylation implying reduced mRNA translation. Using model mice, they showed that the decreased mRNA translation could be rescued with the administration of a small molecule compound, which acts downstream of ELF to alpha. This small molecule compound also improved hippocampal protein synthesis, plasticity, and memory in the mice. With that, they conclude that inhibiting stress response downstream of phosphorylated ELF to alpha is one way to manage Alzheimer's disease. Here is another paper on phosphoproteins. This is paper number 14 titled, Robust Inference of Kinase Activity Using Functional Networks. 
Yimas and Kotrok are the first and last authors of this paper published in Nature Communications. Here the authors develop a web tool called Rokai to study the activity of phosphoproteins or kinases. Dysregulation of kinase activity has been implicated in diseases like AD, Parkinson's and cancer. In this approach, they use computational experiments to show that phosphorylation of sites in the functional neighborhood of a kinase were predictive of its activity. Using this information, they conclude that this web tool, along with mass spectrometry data, can help identify understudied kinases and help develop kinase inhibitors as a form of therapy. This brings us to the last category for the day. Here are a couple of papers that don't quite fit well into the above mentioned themes. Uh, we start off with paper number 15 titled Converting Disease Maps into Heavyweight Ontologies: General Methodology and Application to Alzheimer's Disease. Henry and Colliot are the first and last authors of this paper along with the Insight Pre-AD study group. This was published in the database Oxford. In this study, the authors aim to clarify and expand our current knowledge of Alzheimer's disease by developing a systems biology-based model called disease map ontology or DMO. This model basically converts the ALS pathway, which is an AD disease map, into a formal ontology called Alzheimer's DMO. The authors believe that by creating such an ontology, we can deal with issues related to redundancy, naming, consistency, process classification, and pathway relationships. Taking it a step further, they also stored multiomics information and also expanded the model with data from other resources as well. If that got you burning with curiosity, be sure to give the original paper a read. You can find details on how to find the paper in our episode notes. This brings us to paper number 16 titled Arrayed CRISPR reveals genetic regulators of tau aggregation, autophagy, and mitochondria on Alzheimer's disease model. Duan and Talanian are the first and last authors of this paper, published in Science Reports. Here, the scientists developed an imaging-based array CRISPR method to find and modify features correlated with Alzheimer's disease in the human genome. They looked at over 1,500 genes that were linked to tau aggregation, autophagy, and mitochondria, all related to various AD manifestations seen in patients. From their work, they identified a network of tau modulators, many genes, and pathways related to autophagy, and an association between mitochondria respiration and transcriptomics. For more intricate details on the methods and results, be sure to check out the original abstract. And with that we come to the end of the episode on new insights into RNA transcription translation in AD. I'd like to thank the entire Aminder team, Ellen Jack and the sorting team for cataloging the abstracts, Shruti for reviewing the script, Lara and Anusha for editing the recording, Sara for the workload that accompanies each episode, and the bibliography team for the bibliographies. Before I let you go, here are a few final reminders. Each episode comes with a numbered bibliography, so if you heard something here that sparked your interest, be sure to track down the full paper. For more details, be sure to check out the episode notes. For updates on our podcast, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you are interested in joining our team, send us an email with your CV or reach out to us on our social media platforms. We hope that you found this podcast useful and accessible. Thanks for tuning in.